This morning is from Colossians chapter 4, and I'm reading from verse 2. Colossians chapter 4, reading from verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer anyone. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that one of the reasons that we are here this morning <clears throat> is that somebody shared your word with us. And we pray that as we look into your word this morning, we might be excited by what we hear and what we read and what we see. And that we too might want to go and share what we have heard. So speak into our lives, into our hearts and into our situations through the power of your Holy Spirit, working in each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we are uh, continuing <coughs> in our 40 days of purpose. And uh, so far uh, we've, uh, we've discovered... That our first purpose in life, uh, that we were made uh, to worship God. That's our first purpose in life. Then we looked at our second purpose in life and that uh, we were formed for God's family and that was called fellowship. The third purpose was that uh, we were created uh, to become like Jesus and that was called discipleship. And then last week we were looking at the fourth purpose in our lives that we were shaped for serving God, and that's called ministry. And uh, this week, uh, the journey of a lifetime continues. It's uh, week six, and uh, day 36 of 40 days. Uh, we're getting very near the end, and uh, the important thing is that we make sure we complete the journey. Make sure we complete the journey. And so this week, uh, we are looking at the fifth and final purpose in our 40 days. And this is it. Jesus said, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. Notice that phrase, in the world. Last week we talked about uh, the need for each and every one of us to have a ministry in the church, but you also need a mission in the world. You need a ministry to believers and you need a mission to unbelievers. You need a ministry to the body of Christ, the family of God, and you need a mission to the world outside. And today we're going to look at that uh, common mission that we all share together, each and every one of us. As Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I 
am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now then, what have we been sent for? If we've been sent, what is it that we are being sent for? Well, Paul in Acts 20 uh, gets really specific. He says this, he says, The most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me, to tell people the good news about God's grace. So you might want to write this down. My fifth purpose in life is to share the good news. Once you know that God is in control, once you know that, uh, that God made you to love you, once you know that life isn't an accident, that life has a purpose, all these things that we've been talking about over the last six weeks, once you understand that you were you made to be part of God's family, that you were created to be like Jesus, then you need to share that good news with other people. And we have a word for this, let's just like we've had the word worship and, uh, and fellowship and discipleship and uh, ministry. And that word is evangelism. Now there's one thing that uh, Christians and non-Christians have in common, and that is that neither of them like that word, evangelism. Neither of them like that word. But I want to say this morning that evangelism is not a dirty word. Evangelism is not a dirty word. In the, uh, in the Greek, it's simply, the, the word that is used for evangelism is simply translated good news. And uh, you and I are called to share good news. We've received good news and uh, we are called to share it. And uh, again, the Bible is very helpful because it doesn't only tell us that we're called to share it, but it tells us where we are to share it. In, uh, in Acts uh, chapter 1, as the disciples are, are getting ready to go out into the world, Jesus says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, when Jesus told this to his followers, do you know where they were? Anybody any idea where they were as Jesus was speaking to his followers? Well, I'll tell you, they were in Jerusalem. They were in Jerusalem. And so, Jesus, what he said is, first of all, go to the people closest to you. In your Jerusalem, wherever you are. Uh, that's your mission. That's where we start. We start at home, we start in, in, with our neighbours, we start with our friends. The people closest to you. And then he says, Judea and Samaria, people uh, near, uh, but a little bit different. Uh, the next country. Um, so we're not just to, to focus on the people uh, around us and our family, but we're to move out. And then he says, uh, we are to go to the ends of the earth. Uh, to try and to reach everybody. Now I want you to notice um, that Jesus doesn't say, you will be my defence attorney. He doesn't say, you will be my prosecutor. He doesn't say, you will be my salesman. He says, you will be my witness. And uh, a witness, well what does a witness do? Simply gives a testimony of what happened. They say, uh, you know, uh, this is what happened and then that happened and then something else happened. And you know, um, you are an authority 
on your life. Nobody knows about your life more than you. And so each one of us um, has a speciality in mission. We can share what God has done in our lives. Uh, better than anybody else can share. Um, I bumped into somebody that I knew at college uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they said, oh, I was talking about you in church. I, I was sharing something about you. And I thought, well, how strange. I thought, well, what do you know about me? Because, uh, you know, uh, we are an expert on ourselves. And we can share what God has done in our lives. You see... We learned in the second week, didn't we, that God is building a family, he's making a family, he's wanting everybody uh, to be a part of his family. And you and I are entrusted in uh, encouraging and helping people to join the family of God. And this isn't mission impossible, this is mission inevitable. This is what's going to happen. This is what, uh, this was God's plan for all of history, which he Carried out through Jesus Christ our Lord. This was God's plan. Right from the beginning of time, uh, God's plan has been working out. And uh, the message of God's love and God's care has been spread and passed on from generation to generation. And here's the amazing part, friends. God has chosen you and I to be part of his mission. God has chosen you and I to be part of his mission. I heard a story about God in heaven and the angels come and God says, My plan is to give the good news to my children on earth and ask them to share it. And the angel says, but what if they don't? What is plan B? And God turned around to the angels and says, there is no plan B. Uh, We're it. Uh, If we don't share the good news with our generation, nobody else will do it. You and I are given the task. We're on a mission. And it's a privilege that we're given to be part of making history. And so how do you become a history maker? How do you get on God's agenda? How do you let God use you and bless you by completing the mission that God gives you? Well, first of all, you must share it with those in my world, in your world. Sharing the good news. As we were talking about before with the, with the children, you know, uh, we share things that are important. If something important happens to you, uh, you know, you share it, don't you? You tell people about things that are happening in your life. Why is it that we don't share things that are happening in our lives in relation to God, in relation to what the Holy Spirit is doing? Um, we share with those in our world. There was a guy that uh, Jesus healed. And uh, when Jesus healed him, he wanted to travel with Jesus and, uh, and go along and follow Jesus. But this is what Jesus said to him. He said, go back home and tell people how much God has done for you. So the man went all over town telling how much Jesus had done for him. The man went all around town telling about what Jesus had done for him. So why don't we do this? Why is it that you and I don't? Maybe one of the reasons is because we believe the myth that people aren't interested in spiritual things. Uh, We believe that people wouldn't be interested if we told them uh, about it. But it isn't true. Uh, Gallup, who uh, are always galloping around doing polls, uh, did a poll surveying uh, 65 million Americans uh, who have no church home. 
And he discovered that, uh, that 34 million of them said they would attend church if somebody invited them. Uh, some people are just waiting for that invitation to be invited. And we believe this myth, you know, that people are not interested. That people don't want to know. Well, if somebody's interested in you, they'll be interested in every aspect of you. Every part of you. And that's why uh, Peter says, Be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope you have in you. You know, uh, when we become a Christian, you might have noticed that God doesn't take us to heaven immediately. Have you noticed that? That once we come to believe, when God just doesn't zap us and, and take us right up to, to heaven to be with him. Uh, the promise is that we will be with him for eternity, but he leaves us on earth. And, you know, um, there's, there's not many things um, that we can do on earth that we won't be able to do on heaven. You know, we'll be able to fellowship together, we'll be able to worship, we'll be able to serve one another. Uh, but there's two things uh, that we won't be able to do in heaven. One of them is that we won't be able to sin anymore. We won't be able to sin in heaven. But the other is that we won't be able to tell anybody uh, who doesn't know the good news about God. Now, which one of those two things do you think God has left us on earth to do? Which one of those two things do you think God has left us on earth to do? If someone hadn't shared the gospel and good news with me, I wouldn't be stood here this morning. If someone hadn't shared the good news with you, you probably wouldn't be sat here this morning. Somebody cared enough for you to share the good news about Jesus Christ. God doesn't want anyone to be lost. God does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and lives. It's not up for us to decide. You know, sometimes I meet people and you think, I can't imagine them ever becoming a Christian. Uh, And so there's no point in me sharing the good news with them. It's not up to us. We don't decide. Our job is just to share the good news with those who come across our path. God demonstrated just how much he loved the world by sending his son into the world to die for us. That's how much God loves the world. That's how much God cares for human beings. He sends his son into this world to die so that we could have new life. If you want to be part of God's mission, if you want to be part of God's story, then we need to share with our generation. So then, we share with people around us. But then secondly, we must dare to reach beyond our world. We must dare to reach beyond our world. Love demands that we move beyond our comfort zone. That we, that we reach out and that's why we are involved in mission and today we're having a bit of a, a mission fair and we've got uh, displays of some of the missions uh, that this church is involved with. BMS, the Gideons, uh, Orphan Hope, uh, Home Mission and uh, there are some more uh, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the lecture room and just, just to make people aware uh, that our mission uh, reaches right out across the world and across across different lands, because uh, we want the good news to be shared beyond uh, our locality. Paul says this, Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him, so that he will let me tell him about Christ, and let Christ Christ save him. You know, uh, we connect with people, and and when we make uh, bridges, and, uh, and then we try and, Uh, Tell people about the good news. So we must dare to reach beyond our world. Uh, 
Paul says again, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. In other words, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Now, you don't have to leave Lum to do this. God says our actions are proved by our love. He says this, he says, real religion, this is James, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this, reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plights. You know, when you read uh, this book, the Bible, and you read about Jesus, you read that Jesus always rooted for the underdog. That Jesus always went to those people who were on the outskirts of the society. Those who were imprisoned, those who were orphaned. Uh, the widow, the aged, the, the social outcast, the sick, the lepers. Uh, these are the sort of people that Jesus reached out to. And, uh, and we need to remember, you know, that, that we, we, we have opportunities every single day. And of course this is our, our verse for the week, isn't it? That we are to make the most of every opportunity. And sometimes we, people come into our lives just for a very short period of time. And that's the period of time we have to share with them. The Bible says that one day Jesus is going to separate people into two groups. And he's going to say, you know, um, <clears throat> what did you do? Uh, how did you help people? He says, this is how uh, they will answer. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And if you go back and read the rest of what verse, the verse says in Matthew 25, people say, well, when did you do this for me, Lord? And he says, when you do it to the least of one of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do it for me. So we are to reach out in the name of Jesus. This is what Christianity is all about. It's about healing broken, messed up lives. The whole business of Christianity is healing hurts and helping people. It's demonstrating God's love. Jesus promised us that when we do this, that it will matter, it will count. He says, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for love of me and to tell others the good news who won't be given back a hundred times over. You know, uh, God's rewards those who are faithful. And so uh, we reach out to those in our own world, we reach out uh, beyond, and we must also care about the whole world. We're called to care about the whole world. Jesus said, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. I want you to notice something here, you know, Jesus wasn't just talking uh, to pastors or to missionaries here, he was talking to normal followers. You know, last week, do you remember what we, you said to the person next to you? Anybody remember? You're a minister. Well, I want you to turn to the person next to you this week and say, you are a missionary. Would you do that? Just turn to the person next to you and say, you are a missionary. <laughs> that doesn't mean you've got to go and catch a, a plane to, and, and go out to Africa or India, uh, but you are a missionary. You might not have known it, just like last week you didn't know that you were a minister. Uh, you're finding out all sorts of things and it can be a little bit scary. You're a minister and you are a missionary. Because Jesus was just speaking to ordinary people. Each one of us 
is challenged. And you might say, well, I've not got a, got a gift for evangelism. Um, well, have you got a gift? Have you got the gift of the gab? Hands up here if you think you've got the gift of the gab. I know a lot of you have because uh, I spend a lot of time <laughs> listening, stood at the door listening to you. So don't, don't lie to me. I know lots of you have got the gift of the gab. If you've got the gift of the gab, you've got the gift for evangelism because you can talk. If you can tell a story, if you can recount something that happened, if you can speak to people, then believe me, you've got a gift for evangelism. And you can use it to share the good news. You use it to share about the football and about the shopping and everything else. Use the talking to share the good news because it will make a difference in eternity. And so, everybody needs Jesus. You won't meet anybody uh, in your entire life who doesn't need Jesus. They might not know it. They might not accept it. They might not want to know. But take the risk and share Jesus. If you really want to start living. Look at this next verse. If you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it really means to live. Fulfilling your mission is the secret to a fulfilled life. Is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? Is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? This is what... uh, uh, it says in Acts 13, David served God's purpose in his own time. And that's my prayer for you um, as we come to the end of these 40 days. You know, that we will serve God's purpose in our time. That we recognise uh, that we are the people of God in this generation. As the psalmist says, send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. Uh, we have been given the good news. Will anybody be in heaven because of you? Will anybody be in heaven because of you? Came across this story this week. You know, people send you these links on on YouTube, and uh, I don't normally follow it, but I, it had the word evangelism, and I followed it. And uh, look it up on YouTube; it's worth looking. But this is the story of, uh, of Frank Jenner, the man on George Street. And uh, it all started a number of years ago in a Baptist church in Crystal Palace in South London. Uh, the Sunday morning service was closing and a man stood up at the back and raised his hand and said, Excuse me, Pastor, I have a short testimony to share. Pastor looked at his watch and said, You've got three minutes. The man proceeded with his story. I've just moved into the area. I used to live in Sydney, Australia. Just a few months back, I was visiting some relatives and I was walking down George Street. George Street's in Sydney in the business area. A strange little uh, white-haired, wiry man stepped out from a shop doorway with a pamphlet in in his hand and said, Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? I was astounded by these words. No one had ever asked me before. I thanked him courteously and all the way home and back to London, I was puzzled. I called a friend uh, who I knew was a Christian and told him about this encounter and he led me to Christ. Baptist loved testimonies and everyone applauded and, and welcomed into his fellowship. That Baptist pastor uh, was, uh, was speaking at a conference in Australia the next week and uh, a woman came up for counselling and he wanted to establish where she stood with Christ. And uh, she said this, I said, I used to live in Sydney and a couple of months back I was visiting some friends, doing some last minute shopping down George Street. A strange little white haired man stepped out of a shop and offered me a pamphlet and said, excuse me madam, are you saved and if you die tonight are you going to heaven? I was disturbed by those words and uh, I went home and I went to the local church and uh, the pastor led me to Christ. 
The woman pastor was now very puzzled. Twice in two weeks he'd heard the same testimony. He flew to preach in the Mount Pleasant Church in Perth. He did a teaching series uh, to pastors. And uh, he mentioned this story. And after, this, af- after the seminar, three pastors came up to him and said that they'd also been on George Street and met this man and given them a pamphlet. And that's how, he came, that's how they came to faith. He went over to India and uh, he was speaking to a group of missionaries and told the same story. And three missionaries came up to him and said that they had met this same man and been given a pamphlet. And that's how they had came to faith. The minister was blown away. He had an opportunity to go to Sydney in Australia. And he went to the local Baptist church. And uh, he asked the pastor, he said, do you know this, uh, uh, this man who hands out tracts on George Street? And the pastor said, I do, his name's Mr. Jenner. Although I don't think he, he does it anymore because he's, he's frail and elderly. So they went along to his apartment and knocked on the door and this tiny frail old man greeted them. He sat down and he made them tea. He was so frail, the tea was slopping all over the place. And uh, the London preacher sat there and told him of all the accounts over the previous three years. And the little man sat there with tears running down his cheeks. He said, this is my story. I was, I was on an Australian warship. I was living a, a, a reprobate life and I was in crisis. And one of my colleagues, uh, to whom I'd given literal hell, uh, shared the gospel. It changed my life and I gave my life to Christ. And I promised to God that I would share a simple witness with at least ten people a day. And God made it, gave me the strength. Something that I, I, I didn't really want to do. You know, uh, I decided that, that George Street was a popular street. So I went there and I handed out tracts. And I've been doing it for 40 years. And I've never heard of one single person coming to Jesus until tonight. Apparently the, the, the guy died a couple of weeks later. And, uh, you know, Mr. Jenner... Um, can you imagine the reward that he will receive when he, when he gets to heaven? You know, his face has never appeared on a magazine or on a television. Uh, no one knew of him except for this little group of Baptists in Sydney. But his name was famous in heaven. His name was famous in heaven because lots of people were there because he had dared to share the good news of Jesus. Will anyone be in heaven because of you? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for those people in our lives who took time to share the good news with us. We thank you that somebody cared enough for us to share the simple message that God loves us and wants us to be part of his family. Lord, would you give us a boldness, would you give us the strength to look to share the good news of Jesus this week, this month. With the people that we meet. The people in our Jerusalem. The people in our homes. The people in our communities. Our neighbours. The people that we work with. Would you help us to make the most of every opportunity that we have. To share the good news. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. And Father God we want to, to continue to pray. And uh, You've reminded us that we need to be, we need to love and care the world that we live in. And we look at our world and there's so many places where there's hurting and where there's wars and where there's turmoil. And Lord, we just pray, our hearts go out. Uh, we continue to pray for the people in Japan. It's gone off the news now and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's way down on, on people's agenda. But there's so much devastation in that country. We just continue to pray for those who are trying to 
rebuild their lives, those who are still grieving the loss of loved ones, those who still don't know uh, whether their loved ones are dead or alive. Lord, we want to pray for those people. And Father God, we want to continue to pray for the country of Libya. And uh, we pray that your peace might come upon that country. Uh, that the, the killing and the loss of life would cease. And that peace would come. And we pray for people that are working towards peace. We pray for our politicians as they, as they make decisions which affect people's lives. So we pray for that land. And we pray for people nearer to home. We pray for the people uh, that are grieving. We pray for the Bulling family that, uh, that uh, had a funeral in the church this week. And we pray for them as they come to terms with their loss. We pray for others who are grieving. And we want to remember people who are in hospital this week. And uh, we've been asked particularly to pray for Bill Riley, who's not very well. And also uh, Bill, a relative of the Winterbottoms, who's also not well. We lift these people to you. As well as people known to us who are on our hearts. Lord, would you be close to those who are unwell? Would you have your healing hand upon them? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.